friends, I have just loved being able to share my life and my friends with you. And one of the things that I've really come to love and has really changed the way that I live my life is actually learning more about the Enneagram. So one of the PSP gals is here with me. We are not all together, but Lauren and I are going to sit here chatting and we want to talk about the Enneagram and how it's impacted our lives, what it is, and how to figure out what type you are. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to dive into the Enneagram, how Christ is a part of it, and have some fun. So as always, let's dive right in. Hey friends, I'm Cassie, and I'm a married Spoonie who lives the chronic illness life. Here each week, I'll challenge you to live intentionally and authentically, where every spoon you use has a purpose and every step you take matters. Welcome to Chronically Cultivating. So Lauren, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. I know, I'm so excited to be here. We have so many good chats on this couch, and I think it's fun (laughs) to sometimes see it come full circle and see what God's doing, because we have sat on this couch talking about the Enneagram for a while now. Many times, yeah. It's a lot, and we both, it was interesting, we hadn't talked prior, but we both were kind of learning and digging into the Enneagram at the same time, Mm -hmm. and we found out because we... We're doing, actually, I think that was like our first or second power sheet prep together ever. Must have been, yeah. Because we were looking at the date of things that we remembered from that timing, and that was back in 2019, and that was before Mara had joined us and before we even knew that the power sheet prep gals were going to be a thing. (laughs) So, like, that's crazy that we're sitting here all these literally years later and being able to talk about this. I think sometimes the Enneagram and other things can be really confusing, and people want to know why it's important. But I know for me, I did not expect to be as impacted as I was. Yeah, same, same. So it's actually really funny because the reason why I actually got into the Enneagram is just the classic because everyone else was doing it, (laughs) which is so lame to say. But I was just in a circle of people who were figuring out their Enneagram numbers and we're talking about it and it was this language that I did not know or understand so like oh I'm a three oh my god what an eight da 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 and I just was like what are you guys talking about (laughs) like what is going on and then I felt this I saw I guess how they felt like they knew themselves better and Mm -hmm. I was like wait I want to know what my number is like Mm -hmm. I want this And so that's honestly how I got into it. Kind of funny. Turned out really well, but it really was just one of those, like, I just want to know because everyone else knows. (laughs) It's neat you say that because that was kind of what led to it as well on my end. And it was seeing Cultivate was doing some stuff with it. And I was like, you know what? I want to figure this out. And I was kind of deterred from looking at it because I was chatting with somebody and they just said, oh, well, that's that's no different than astrology. That's no different than anything Mm -hmm. else. Like, Mm -hmm. It really, it it doesn't hold up. And I was like, well, I don't know. And that same person later on had said something to me about how, like, the reason that I was having issues with my lungs and, like, staying oxygenated was because I was a Gemini and every Gemini has trouble with their lungs. Sorry. (laughs) And so it immediately just made me go, Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. And that was kind of, I just was like, well, if this is just going to be the Enneagram, like, no thanks. Yeah. Like, I don't need that because that's total crap. So then I just was like, hmm. no, I'm not going to look at it. And then Cultivate to come out with something. And I was like, 
Okay, well, maybe I'll look into well, it like, a little bit. Well, thinks it's cool, then. <laughs> right? Because I was like, they were talking about it and how it just works with your goal setting. And I was like, that's an interesting take. I was like, that I could get on yes, board with. Yes. And you got me there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so then I was really looking into it. And we had a conversation about it. And I'm pretty sure the first time we talked about it, I was kind of in between figuring out. Mm. I had narrowed it down, but wasn't quite sure yet. Because there is a whole language surrounding the Enneagram that if you're just quickly looking something up or taking one quick quiz, like you're not going to find what you're looking for. And it's going to be really complicated and confusing, which is why we hope today to be able to break some of this down. Hopefully. That's the goal. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, that was a really a comment someone made about like the whole Gemini thing. So that's... Cracks me up. (laughs) Yeah. I'm grateful to be able to sit here and say... That is not at all what the Enneagram <laughs> I thought you were going like. to say something about your lungs. That is not the reason why my lungs are, no. Well, that too. <laughs> that too. That yes. too. But it really was one of those things that it impacted so much. Mm-hmm. And it was neat because you were the only person I was friends with at the time that was doing this. Mm-hmm. And I was able to learn so much about how you think and how you do things because... yeah. Like, I didn't expect to be that interested. Even now, anytime I see something, I'll look through and say, oh, I'm a three, so this is what it says. And I'm just out of sheer curiosity. I would be like, oh, yeah, Lauren's a one. I'll go like, yes, I do I that too. Say. I do that too. And yes. now, of course, the other PSP gals are just diving into the Enneagram too, which is really fun. But Late it is the game. <laughs> I know. They really, they really are. We love you, Sam and Mara, but like, you gotta get on it, girl. Let's go. <laughs> But it really was one of those things where it has helped me understand people better Mm -hmm. and even just understand you better. And that was so unexpected. I never, never would have thought that. If there's one thing I have to say about the Enneagram, at least, I mean, hearing you say that, and I've heard you say that before, but I think one of the coolest things that's different about the Enneagram from other sort of personality typing systems, you can't see me putting that in quotes, but I am, Um, air quotes, but it doesn't just benefit you personally. Like, you're not just learning about yourself. You grow this compassion and this understanding for other people. And that was so unexpected. I thought Mm -hmm. I was just going to learn about me and my problems and my stuff. And then all of a sudden, I was like, whoa, I get other people so much more than I did before. And that, if there's Mm -hmm. anything, if you don't feel like the Enneagram works for you, that's fine. Use the Enneagram so you can get your people. (laughs) Like, honestly. (laughs) I think it's so interesting that you say it that way because... I feel like that's how things go when, Mm -hmm. you know, you follow Christ. Like, we go into the Bible searching for our own answers to things, and we end up coming out with so much more compassion, not just for what we're going through, but what other people are going through. 100%. I know there are things that people have said and people think, so we want to, like, clear the air with our thoughts on this. You know, I know that there's a lot that the church has said when it comes to astrology and other things because we do believe in the foundation of God and the foundation of the Bible and all of that but I think I've heard some I know I've heard people say at times oh well no that's that's not okay like yeah if you're a Christian you you can't know your Enneagram you can't be into that and doing other things but that's actually not what this is about. The Enneagram is not claiming to be God or to Uh be greater. It's not putting anything into the universe. It's saying this is how people are wired, at least in my brain, and here's how we can learn to love other people better and ourselves. 
but some people can take it lots of different ways and we just want to kind of start there by saying this is not a demonic practice (laughs) exactly i think like with anything it's like anything in moderation like don't use the enneagram as your god as your Mm -hmm. defining scripture for a life like it's all about how you use it and how you let it point you to christ i think it's 100 percent with how you use it and Mm -hmm. how you let it define you and speak into your life like the authority you give it is important for sure but it's not demonic (laughs) yeah because it's like anything we can make anything into an idol yeah we can make people into idols we can make ideologies like we can turn anything into your favorite christian influencer could become your god without you even realizing it Mm -hmm. just like the enneagram could become your god so like that's a word just to keep in mind (laughs) Well, and I guess, so if we know what the Enneagram isn't, yes, what would you say as to what the Enneagram actually is about? So, well, let me start with a disclaimer. I'm not some Enneagram expert. Like, I don't have any certification. I'm not a coach. So, like, do your own research, folks. This just comes out of a personal curiosity and interest and extra research because I taught an elective at it at a little retreat literally so that sounds really important but it's it's not as important as it might come off but anyway I'm not any sort of expert so this just comes from like time spent nerding out on the Enneagram honestly (laughs) anyway she does have a lot of good to say and there are a lot of good things (laughs) that I've learned from her and whatnot because it comes down to research and you have such a heart for Jesus and a heart of loving people (laughs) so like disclaimer to your disclaimer that I just wanted to be clear that it's not like I'm some certified person so take what I say with a grain of salt that's all I'm saying. Anyway, okay. what is the Enneagram? Like I said earlier, I you could kind of lump it in as like a personality typing system, sort of like Myers-Briggs or Zodiac, I guess, mm-hmm. but I see that kind of less as personality typing. Yeah. I genuinely don't know that much about Zodiac, though, so like, mm-hmm. there's that. But since we are Christians, and I'm coming at this from a Christian perspective, I would also add that it is a tool for spiritual formation in the sense that... It helps you to see your blind spots, to point out your sin, your bad habits, and to really root them out. And I like personally, that's how I've used it the most. And I think it also helps us to appreciate kind of the diversity Hmm. (laughs) that God has created and to grow in compassion for the people in our lives and the people around us. And I think it certainly helps us to grow and become more like Christ because we Mm -hmm. are uprooting a lot of those really bad habits and mindsets and also growing in compassion for others, which to Mm -hmm. me are two very Christ-like qualities. So, you know. And I think what's great is that sometimes in the church and as Christians, we can get really caught up in this, well, my sin isn't as bad as your sin or other things like this. And what I love about the Enneagram is that it really points out like everybody struggles with sin. It doesn't matter if you're the same type. It doesn't matter if you are entirely different. Everybody has sin. Everybody has things that are going to play into our lives that we will be tempted with and to be able to know kind of in advance what some of those things are and be able to say oh yeah I do struggle with that that is helpful to be able to say okay so I need to be on guard I need to be diligent about this and that was something that 
has really served me well at least to know okay this is a problem area for you yeah and you need to address it and I think that is so helpful because I'm not saying okay I want this Enneagram type to fix me I'm saying Jesus clearly this is where I struggle please God help me exactly and I think it points out for us where our motivations are misaligned where we're no longer centered in Christ or Mm -hmm. even just like the tendency of our flesh like maybe that's where we lean towards the most not that oh my god we only struggle in this area exactly this is your main player girlfriend like so yeah Enneagram's great for just really telling you telling you how it is <laughs> oh there are times where I'm like I was not ready for that today if I see yes. a post or something yes. come up and I'm like I feel attacked it's eight in the morning yeah. like I was not ready for this truth today no but... that's so real though fair <laughs> warning learning your Enneagram is not fun mm-hmm. it can be really painful I just cried the entire time I read my number just sobbed half because I was like holy crap I'm not the only one who feels like this and half because I was like I am so broken like whoa dude I'm so broken so yeah it's so funny that that's where you say yours lied it I think it's a little different for everyone well no because I know I've told you this story but it's gonna sound so different compared to how you just explained your process I had known my Enneagram for a while and Jared and I are huge fans of The Office but more Jared than anybody else he is like in the world (laughs) he literally is like that nerd level like you know what episodes certain things are from like that's how into it he is and there was an Enneagram saying like oh which office Mm -hmm. character are you yes now the one character that I find probably the most annoying being a pivotal character is Michael Scott yes and I do love Steve Carell and this isn't about that right (laughs) this is about the Enneagram so when I found out that a three was characterized as Michael Scott I got so upset and Jared didn't know anything about the Enneagram and it had nothing to do with this post even it yep. was a couple months later I tried to put it out of my mind because I was like I'm not like I'm Michael, not Michael Scott, Scott. <laughs> I'm not like that that had to be wrong that was misinformation <laughs> right somebody did it wrong and I went to do something and Jared was like okay Michael Scott and I freaked like oh all my. this like frustration and anger <laughs> came out tenfold and he was like what on earth I was making a joke and I was like you don't even no! know <laughs> I was like no this proves the point God. so yeah that was where my grief I think <laughs> was found well let me soften the blow I feel like you already know this I probably told you this when you told me that story the first time but like people think that Taylor Swift is a three so that's the good that news. That makes me feel super great, actually. That yeah. ma- that totally makes up for it. I can yeah, I can cope now. Thanks. You're so welcome. I'm so glad we had this podcast yeah. just to just yeah. to deal with just your to problems. Deal with that. Yay. <laughs> but I do think that is also to say when we're talking about the enneagram, it's not an excuse for no. your behavior, and it's not something that is like, oh well, I'm a three. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's not about that, and that's another, I think, thing that can get messy when we're looking at what the Enneagram is and what it isn't. That's a problem, I think. I think something that I've heard said is, like, Enneagram is not a party trick. It's not something you can go, and you should not go around typing people. Mm. Oh, she's such a six. Oh, my God, I bet she's a seven. Oh, that's something a three would say. I think that when you have a certain level of relationship, like, obviously, me Mm -hmm. and Cassie joke with one another all the time of, like... (laughs) wow, you're being such a three right now. But that's because we know and we have, like, that sort of 
intimacy and friendship, Mm -hmm. I would not go around doing that to people. Yeah. Just that I barely knew. Internally or externally, that's not helpful. And again, like Cassie said, definitely not an excuse for your behavior. Not, Not an opportunity for you to just say, well... I'm a one, so that's just how I am. Or Mm -hmm. I'm a five, so give me a break. Because the Enneagram is about exposing those Mm -hmm. bad habits and then helping you get healthy, (laughs) you know? And that's why figuring it out and taking the time to research it is important. For instance, like we were saying at the beginning briefly, Sam and Mara are learning theirs. And we've deliberately talked about the fact that we kind of have guessed what we think their types are, but we're not going to bring that to them because... It's something that we want them to figure out, just like we had to figure out. It's a journey. (laughs) Exactly. But this is where the terminology is so helpful because I did not understand it at first. I mean, nobody does, but it became so much clearer to me when I finally understood the basic terminology. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the most important ones, and we've talked about it without actually saying the term already. Basically, if you're reading through Enneagram literature or whatnot, they'll talk about how each number, so Enneagram is a nine-pointed, nine-side, mm-hmm. nine-pointed shape. So it's literally a shape. There's nine personality types. That's where you get Enneagram. Each type has what is called a deadly sin. So essentially, the main motivating factor, bad habit, kind of like that thing that drives that number's behavior. And it tends to be something that's involuntary. It's Mm -hmm. a repeated behavior. And again, it's like kind of that driving motivation and not for the best. It's kind of like, I hesitate to use this word, but it's kind of like the a curse sort of version. Like everyone has their strength. Everyone has their curse. Well, and everybody also has things that like we talked about idols, you have anything that's a passion can yes. become more than what it's supposed to be. And Absolutely. I think what this exposes as far as like that thought of sin, if that's a little confusing when we say deadly sin, what we kind of mean is there's something that we all kind of lean towards. Yep. And we know that the thing that the enemy loves to do the most is make sin exploit not look that. like sin. Yeah. And exploit it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And kind of just be like, oh, well, you're just really focused on your job. Or you just <laughs> so really... so driven. Yeah, and, and it's not like, it's like, well, hold on. Like, where is that coming from? Why do I feel the need to constantly impress people? Or why do I... Like, mm-hmm. those are the things that we're getting at. So they can appear originally like good things. Yes. Like, that's my driven Thing, passion. That's right, whatever right. it is. But we know that when we aren't doing whatever we're called to do for the Lord and we're doing it for ourselves or for us, it doesn't turn into good. It turns into sin. And that's kind of what we're talking about here. I guess I would, you know, that just brought a thought to my mind. Like, I feel like your deadly sin is like, it is unredeemed. Like, it is apart from Christ. So, because I'm genuinely a believer of like, your strength and curse are the same things. It's just, like, mm. tipped to one side or the other. So for all of the yeah. Enneagram types, what is their struggle is just, like, a strength that ha- that is unredeemed, essentially. I don't know if that makes sense. No, I but, think that's yeah. a great way to explain it. So that's kind of, as we said, that's the first step. So we've kind of, the biggest part of the Enneagram is figuring out what drives you. Mm-hmm. And that typically motivation. that's also where it leads to your biggest downfall in area of sin so I guess what is the next kind of point 
yeah, the next, like, big term, quote-unquote, is definitely triads. I think that these can be really helpful, especially when you're, if you feel like you're stuck between numbers, to go back to the triads. So, again, that nine-pointed figure, so there are three triads, groups of three. There's the anger triad, so that has numbers eight, nine, and one. I might get these titles of the numbers wrong, so you have to fact-check me. Okay. But eight is the challenger. We're not going to go in-depth on all of these numbers because you can Google it. We're going to give you resources at the end, but just going to give you the titles. Um, Nine is the peacemaker, and one is the reformer. I should know that one because I am a one. Sneak peek. Oh, or the perfectionist. That, That might make more sense to people. And numbers in the anger triad, they tend to take in and respond to life, like, instinctually and express themselves honestly and directly. Sometimes I've heard of these triads broken into, like, I can't remember the body parts, but it's, like, gut, heart, and mind. mind. So, anger triad, I believe, is gut. Mm -hmm. So, that might help you. Kind of, you're acting from your gut. You're acting instinctually. Feelings triad are numbers two, three, and four. So, two is the helper. Three is the performer. Right here. (laughs) Four (laughs) is the romantic. And these numbers, they are driven by feelings. Shocker, it's the feelings triad. So, they take in and relate to life from their heart. They're, They're more image conscious than the other numbers. And again, feelings triad or heart triad. So Mm -hmm. that's how they go together. And then the last triad is the fear triad. So numbers five, six, and seven. Five is the observer, I'm pretty sure. Six is the loyalist. And seven is, oh my gosh, I think it's the enthusiast. Let me check, let me check. I think it is the enthusiast. the enthusiast. Wow, look Look at at me. Look at me. Oh my God, I'm so cool. Anyway... (laughs) So they're a part of the fear triad, so they're driven by fear, and they take in and relate to the world through the mind. So they tend to think and plan carefully before they act. So if any of that, as we're talking about these triads, you're like, oh, that feels like it could be me, you could definitely investigate those numbers first, Mm -hmm. because that might be a good place to start. And really, it's just kind of grouping numbers together and how they tend to instinctually act and... Yeah, live out of, if that makes sense. And even if you're thinking, and we've given you these titles, there are typically a couple different words that you could use. Like, I wouldn't identify necessarily saying I'm the performer, but another would be an achiever. Yes, the achiever. So there are lots of different things. So if you heard a number and went, eh, "Eh, no way. Like, don't count anything out. There's so much more research-wise. We're just kind of doing the really basic overview for you to help you figure that out and I think the most from what you've told me and helped me learn (laughs) is that there are two other pieces that are really vital when you're trying to figure out specifically your main type that you would fall into yes and again since we're not going to go over each of the numbers I really highly encourage you guys to do your own research and so knowing kind of these terminology things hopefully will help you. And something that people are going to talk about a lot is stress and security. So where your number goes in stress and where your number goes in security. And when I say goes, I mean in the Enneagram, the thing that's so cool about it, and I wish we had more time to just talk about it, because the Enneagram, all the numbers interact with each other and they're connected to one another. So 
That's really cool. Mm -hmm. And that's how this starts to come into play. So, for instance, in stress, it's the number that you're going to when you're in stress. Huh, that's confusing. But, like, when you're tired, when you're overwhelmed, when you have a bajillion things on your plate, when something tragic happens in your life, obviously, we all know we are not the same person when we're stressed. When we're Mm -hmm. hangry, you know, all of those things could be stress. And so you are always your core number, but you will draw on the negative aspects Mm -hmm. of the number that you go to in stress. And on the flip side, when you're in a place of security, so you're feeling really safe, you're super comfortable, you're in a really stable part of your life, or you Mm -hmm. just feel like you can let go. Like there's not stress you're above mm. average, things are going great, your core number will draw on the positive aspects of the number that you go to in security. So you get mm-hmm. kind of both the negative and the positive aspects of the numbers that you kind of work with in stress and security. Well, and we're going to have like links in the show yes, notes for you and absolutely. everything. But if you want to think of it, like if you were to picture a circle and there are nine numbers, there's a triangle. So yes. for instance, for me being a three, my stress is going to go to a nine because that would be its first connecting point and the second would be my security goes to a six so if you almost want to imagine that triangle there it's not like oh well i'm going to pick what i draw on that's part of this it's not like a oh well i fall under blank it has to do with this whole idea of this triangle and how this shape is done so we'll have lots of pictures and things and blog posts but that's something to like think of definitely and I loved how you explained it earlier when we were just talking about it's kind of your most healthy and unhealthy self yes 100% and sometimes like I think this is important to note of sometimes you can mistype yourself because you are in a particularly stressful moment or you are particularly unhealthy in this season of life we've Mm -hmm. all been there no judgment here and you can look like another number where at your core you're actually a two but Mm -hmm. you look a lot like an eight right now because you're in a stressful part of life i can't actually remember if that's what they're connected to See, my not expertness is showing. Yeah, no, eights go, yeah, twos go to eight in stress. So maybe we can, if you're confused on that, again, please do your own research. But Mm -hmm. sometimes that can be really helpful. If you're not sure if your number fits you quite right, read where you go to in stress and security. And you Mm -hmm. might be like, oh, wait, that makes sense to me. That is what I'm like when I'm feeling really stressed. Or, whoa, yeah, I totally see that when I'm feeling safe and secure. Mm -hmm. That might help you narrow it down too. And again, like I think the most surprising thing about the Enneagram, and we've talked about it on this episode already, but it really is one of those things where it's impacted our friendships. It's impacted our relationships. Lauren, you guys with your spouse, like you guys Mm -hmm. use the Enneagram in your marriage. So much. (laughs) And in seeing you, I was actually saying today I was so excited because Jared is looking into learning his and I was like, it's changed our friendship so much. Not that our friendship had necessarily problems. I don't want it to come across that way, but it's created this understanding and like you had said, almost like intimacy of really understanding how that person thinks and Mm -hmm. what they need. And I Mm -hmm. love being able to say, okay, when Lauren's in a really tough season, this would be a good way to encourage her or whatever the case may be. Because there's a different level of understanding how the other thinks 
but we don't want to leave you today without kind of some practical tips and ways that you can take what we've talked about today and put it into action in your real life. Yeah. So one of the things that was so confusing for me when I started trying to understand this is I kept taking quizzes and every Mm. quiz I took for a little while was different. And then (laughs) once I started really researching and taking quizzes, one that were designed by reputable people, first off, (laughs) then kind of saying, okay, well, I think... I'm this type or I could be this type and then I started really doing the research but what would you say is the best way to do things if someone's sitting there and they're reading through these quizzes and they are being told there's so many different Uh things uh I think for one I'm not against quizzes let me put it out there but if the way you're determining your Enneagram number is only by taking a quiz I would say, especially because you can get different numbers, like that happened to me too. I would say that a lot of times quizzes can really be the like caricature of a number and almost these like stereotypical things. And a lot of the Enneagram is very nuanced and I'm a one, so I could have a group full of 10 Enneagram ones and we would all be very, very different. Mm -hmm. So a quiz is not really going to be able to capture the nuance that is the Enneagram, which is such a beautiful thing. You're not Mm -hmm. just put in a box and said, oh, this is how you are. There is a lot of nuance. So that being said, I think quizzes can be helpful. Maybe they help you determine your triad. Mm. Maybe they help you know, oh, maybe I should read these numbers first. But in general, if you took some quizzes, I would say, oh, it's a great starting point. And then I would start reading, reading books, listening to podcasts, even Mm -hmm. sometimes talking to your friends. You don't have to say, what Enneagram number do you think I am? (laughs) But you could bring up some of the things that the quiz said and be like, do you see this in me? What do you see in me when I'm stressed? Mm -hmm. What am I like when I'm on vacation? You know, (laughs) like... And sometimes people who know you really well can give you some insight Mm because we don't always, again, this is showing us our blind spots. Or there are things that we sometimes lean into when we don't want to hear. That was also a key point for me when I started hearing things that I didn't want to. I started realizing I was getting closer. But it starts to hurt a little bit. You might be close. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, though, that really is. It upsets you. Yeah, Mm. because you're just like, those are the things that I don't like about myself. And you're telling them straight to my face. Like, I don't want to acknowledge that. I wasn't ready to be attacked by myself this morning. But like, (laughs) it is really helpful. So I would say that too. Mm -hmm. Again, when I started, I did some quizzes and really had no understanding of what I was doing. But then I took a couple quizzes from a few places that were really, really reputable. And then that's what I zoomed in on. Well, let me start with these numbers first. And there are so many great Instagram accounts too. I love how they break it down. We're going to, in the show notes and on the blog, we're going to leave a host of resources for you. So you can literally, right after this episode, (laughs) you can go and you can look at these links so that everything that we're talking about and the places that we personally use to figure this out will be at your disposal. But even if you are in a place where you don't necessarily want to read a whole book on the Enneagram, if that seems too overwhelming, there are still some really great programs that aren't necessarily a whole book long, but they're much more in-depth. And I'd highly encourage you to find a place that really focuses on teaching you how this relates to your life in Christ. Yes. Because then you're almost taking that security step to say, I'm not going to let this become an idol. Like I'm already knowing this could become an idol. So I want to get out in front of it first. 
and or like you can find your number and it's not your identity your enneagram number is not your identity your identity is in christ that just (laughs) that just deserves a cowbell yeah so remember that everything that the enneagram is so helpful amazing tool for spiritual formation can absolutely uproot sin and show you your blind spots and lead you closer to christ but it's not your identity and it is not the only thing if you start using the enneagram and it just doesn't click for you that's fine it is not the end all be all there are Mm -hmm. so many ways to know christ this is only one (laughs) and for some people it is helpful for some people it isn't and like it's okay if you go through this and you find this is not for me or this would make my husband really hostile this is not the way to work on our relationship like (laughs) this is not something that you want to force anybody into because this is a really exposing process for yourself and your heart to go through which is why though doing it with the people you trust and the people that are within your close friend circle it's helpful because you're all able to sit and go Mm-hmm. Even though I don't want to hear these things, what do you think about this? Because you trust, you're not just trusting someone on the internet to tell you who's never met you. You're trusting right. the people that you care about, their opinions and their thoughts. And I think that kind of changes the game. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So I guess in closing, what would you say? I know there are so many other things we could get into. Oh, so and many. Oh. Who knows? Maybe we'll just have to come part back two? and do part two. <laughs> I was just thinking that because there are so many other things between the types and wings. But for now, I guess, what would you want to leave as encouragement to somebody who is trying to figure this out? So I think there's a lot that I could say, but if you are, if you never started this process, you're trying to figure it out. Give yourself time and grace. Like Cassie just mm. said, it can be a very vulnerable painful experience and like I don't want to deter you guys from the Enneagram because it is truly amazing and has changed my life but it can be really painful so definitely give yourself time and grace in the process but also like it is possible to mistype so definitely just be open-minded as you continue looking through the Enneagram and go on this journey of self-discovery and bring it before Christ, it's possible that you start out thinking you're a two and along the way you realize you're a six and you're like, wow, all this time I thought I was one thing and now I'm not. And it can be, it can be hard. You might have an identity crisis, but so yeah, let me just warn you ahead of time. Like just give yourself grace and be open-minded and you might find that you are something completely different than what you thought. And that's a beautiful thing because then you can really start getting at the core of your sin nature, I guess. And at the at the end of the day, if you take nothing else away, think about the other people in your life and how that can help you just love them better by knowing how they see the world. They see it differently than you, mm. and that can make all the difference. Because we do see life differently. 100%. I mean, every human does. Yeah. And I think that's such a fair point that even if I found that, you know what, no, this wasn't helpful to me figuring out what I need to work on or other things. Even if that had been the case, there's still so much that I have learned about Mm. you and other people by being able to stop for a second and put myself in someone else's shoes, but in a way that's very visual and captivating to me. Because you'll see lots of accounts that are like, oh, you would be a three if you deal with whatever. And it's helpful to just kind of see and say, oh, so even though for me in this situation, this is how I would feel. 
if someone else was in the same situation, this is how they would probably feel. And again, it's a generalization. It's not going to be perfect every time. There are times when I see stuff and because Lauren and I do send stuff back and forth and we'll be like, well, this part was right, but like, I don't really think not all of it. And then there are times that we both send each other things and we're like, holy crap. Yeah. And real. But that has been a joy in Mm -hmm. our friendship. And again, we have that friendship that we can do that. It's not something where we would just throw that out to Mm -hmm. anyone and everybody because it is something that you have to determine you've come kind of to terms with and you're going to work on. Yeah. But thank you so much, Lauren, for sitting down today and just sharing your thoughts. It was so fun. Oh, my gosh. I love talking about the Enneagram. (laughs) I know. I do think think there's going to have to be a part two later on. There's just so much more to say. I think our next one should be about how the Enneagram impacts our relationships because there's so much we could say about that. I love that. So part two, coming soon. (laughs) Friends, as our time here comes to an end, I want you to know that the resources don't stop here. At livingthechronicillnesslife.com, you can find blog posts, videos, the Grace and Goals interactive resource library, free downloads, and even these episodes right here to help you continue cultivating an intentional life right where you are, no matter how uncertain the season. Whether you're working to build an intentional life with your daily habits, planting a garden, setting goals, or simply resting well, you can cultivate an intentional life. Head to livingthechronicillnesslife.com to access all of these resources, and I'll see you next week.